Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. The title for the message, just so you can have an idea of where we're going, healing is God's will for you. Healing and health is God's will for you. We're going to talk about a few reasons. The Bible gives so many reasons why that's true. But we're going to go through just a few. You want to eat lunch today, right? So we can't go through them all. We're going to go through a few, but I want to just talk about the healing power of God, God's whole, His desire for you to be whole in your body. And I just believe this. I really do. I really believe that if there's any need in your body right now, from this point forward, as the Word of God goes forth, healing is going forth. Receive it by faith. We've got everything we need. His Spirit, His Word. Just open your heart to believe. Satan immediately... The parable of Jesus concerning the sower sowing the word. And he said, if you can understand this parable, you can understand anything about the kingdom of heaven. He said, the sower sows the word. Mark 4, 15. And immediately, someone say immediately. Immediately. Satan comes along. Immediately. That moment, the word of God spoken. But, what if, what about? This, that, you tried that, you tried this. What, if, out. Clear all the ifs. Not even because of what I'm saying. Clear the ifs, clear the buts. Just simply, Lord, I'm just going to hear your word. I'm going to let your word give a witness of what your will is. And I believe as we do that, the miracle working power of God will touch your body. I don't believe there's too small or too large of a sickness, a disease, an illness. I don't know if you've had it for one day or ten years. The woman with the issue of blood had something for 18 years that gripped her body. It doesn't matter the length, the time, what it is. In the eyes of God, it's quick. It's easy. The human mind puts labels on things. Have you noticed that for the past year? I understand, look, I'm human. Well, I'm an in Christ human. So I've got a physical body, amen. But I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But you understand, I live in the same world you live in. I've listened, maybe not as much news because I just turned it off. 
but they, they can put labels on something, you know, with COVID and coronavirus. I'm, it's a real thing. I'm not saying it's not real. But they can so much preach the witness of that that it takes on a strength in the minds of men and women. I'm not, it is real. But the God whom I serve and whom I is, He is my God. And coronavirus, under His foot. Or anything else. Anything else we can put a label to. You know, you might, I, I don't want to glorify Satan or any of his works, but you know, I immediately think, no cancer. But Jesus heals cancer. He crushes it. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. So we're just going to approach today. Will you do that with me? Let's just approach the Word of God. Let's approach the Word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. Humil uh, humble ourselves before the Lord. And He raises up the humble. Amen? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 8, verse 1. We're going to read a couple verses in Matthew chapter 8. We're going to answer this question. I think this is probably the question that is oftentimes asked. I made a statement. And I think most people would say they would want to agree. Maybe they would say, well, now, AJ, because of experience, I would say that's not true. They would say, well, I've heard different people say this, even using Scripture. And I would simply say this, healing and wholeness and divine health. Someone say divine health. That's the end sum of healing. That's God's desire, to live in a place of wholeness. Okay, sure. What happens if sickness comes? I'm believing for healing. And then once it's gone, I'm still believing for wholeness in my body. Day to day to day to day. Today is the day of salvation. When you get right down to it, it's a deep thing, really, when you think about it. But God in faith lives in today. Right now, this moment, in the now. Now faith is right now. And I would say this. I would say I, you probably would have a very hard time. You could look for a long time, and I don't know if you could find someone that would say that God can't heal. I think just about everyone I've ever come across, even people who are sinners and don't even believe in Jesus... I mean, they're not living for God, you understand? Jesus is not their Lord. But they would say, well, you know, if God wants to, He can. There are people who believe that what we call impossible is possible with God. I don't think that's a question we have to answer. I think just about everyone would say, yes, God can. The question I think that often comes, and again, immediately Satan comes to steal the word is, will He? Will He? And I would say this. Not my opinion, not my experience. Though my experience has come up to that report of the Lord is this. From Scripture, He wants to. It's His desire. It's in His heart. Just like 2 Peter 3.9 says, For God's not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slack. Or in other words, He's not lazy. How many knows God's not lazy? He wishes that all would be saved and none perish. Are any perishing? But it's not His will. So I want us to see this. Jesus answers this question. Lord, I know you can, but will you? We're talking about the will of God. The desire of God. Matthew 8, verse 1. And when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him. How many are following Jesus today? 
There's no one better to follow. Verse 2, And behold, a leper, someone say leper, came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Pretty smart man. Because at this point in time, Jesus is still early in his ministry. He's very smart because he has seen what Jesus is doing and he's heard what Jesus is saying. And he realizes this man is not just a man. He realizes, just like the multitudes, there's something in him. And I realize that if he wants to, he can heal me. So he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Verse 3, Then Jesus put his hand out and touched him, saying, I am willing. I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately, someone say immediately. His leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus gives him this command. Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus is, one, obedient to the Father. Amen? And in the book of Leviticus, the chapters 14 and 15, I'll tell you in just a few moments why that's fresh on my mind. Leviticus 14 and 15 talk about leprosy and skin diseases and how that when or if they are healed, they go before the priest and they bring an offering. And the priest will judge and deem, okay, this is leprosy, it's not leprosy. It is, now we have to put you outside of the camp. All right, you believe that healing is coming to your body? Let's look at it. Yes, you have been healed. No, you haven't. And there were different sacrifices and thanksgiving offerings that Moses, by the Holy Spirit, commanded the people of Israel concerning this plague called leprosy. Leprosy, which if you don't, aren't familiar with it, it is a skin-consuming disease. Not just skin. It eats the skin and then works its way down and consumes the body. It literally eats the body. It's contagious, so much so that it lives in clothing and homes. I mean, there was the Levitical law says if you found someone that had... Think about it. It is such a work of Satan. John 10.10, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Leprosy, when it was found, not only did the person have to go outside of the camp, away from their family, away from their spouse, away from their children, be exiled outside of the camp, social distance, pushed out, wherever they were living, burned down, clothes burned up. Steal, kill, destroy. Now, I want you to think about this. This man was broken in his body. But it wasn't just his body. He was alone, ostracized, looked down upon, ran away from. My goodness, I can understand that. One touch from this man, it's the opposite of Jesus. One touch from this man, and it means you too will die. There was something in his body that would consume and kill and destroy. And he was pushed, and he was pushed out for the health of everyone else. But here's the good news. Jesus didn't push him away. Jesus 
didn't distance himself from it. I understand there's, I get it, natural wisdom. Man's only going to do what man can consume in his mind. I understand that. But I know this, the hand of Jesus reaching out will heal anyone. Jesus wasn't afraid of this leprosy. Jesus wasn't afraid of this disease. So much so that he answered the question that so many people ask. Lord, if you're willing, I know you can. I know you've got the goods. I've seen you do it. I know you have the power. I'm just not certain yet if you want to. How can I get you to exert, to release that power? And the good news is Jesus said, I am willing. I want to. The living God, the Word of God, birthed in the flesh by a virgin, full of the Holy Spirit without measure. I want to. Not just I can, not let's roll the dice. Maybe you're one of the lucky few. I want to. And there's several reasons, and the first one I want us to look at today is this. Why do I believe that healing is God's will for you? I say you because it might, it might go over real easy if I said, I believe God is, is healing is God's will. Yes, 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 yes. No, it doesn't take a hold of your spirit until I say, I believe God wants to heal you. I, want God, I believe God so much loves you and so cares for you that He wants to see your flesh made well. And the reason I believe this, one of the reasons, one of the many, 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 many reasons in Scripture I believe this is the first thing we're going to look at. Jesus has paid your debt of sin. In fact, won't you say this? The debt is paid. Say that again. Say the debt is paid. You're in chapter 8. Look at verse 16. And then we're going to go one other place in the Scripture concerning your debt and how Jesus paid it. Matthew 8, verse 16. When the evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and He cast out the spirits with a word and healed... Someone say that word, that three-letter word. Say it real loud. All. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself, Jesus, took our infirmities, and He bore our sicknesses. Jesus Himself bore our sicknesses, just as He carried our sins to the cross. Jesus here, moving and healing these people, it's amazing. You read this whole chapter. The leper comes in the first four verses. It's amazing. Read the whole chapter. The leper comes, he gets healed. Right after that, that centurion man who I just love, he comes to Jesus, and he's got to be a good man. You know, a lot of the Romans, they took advantage of their power and authority when they had conquered Israel. And they would just be really mean and tyrants to a lot of folks here in Jerusalem. I mean, here they are. They have weapons. They have the government of Rome behind them. And they're exerting the authority of Rome over Israel and the people of Israel. And they got away with a lot of bad stuff. But this Roman centurion was a good man because he didn't come for himself. 
Roman, or Matthew 8, 15 through 13, you read the next story that takes place. He doesn't come for himself. He doesn't come for his family. He comes for a servant. And he wants healing for his servant. And then what does he say? He said, speak the word only. And then immediately after that, you have a wave of crowd of people. Jesus immediately heals Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus goes on a healing spree in Matthew chapter 8. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then verse 16 and 17, then he heals these multitudes that come to him. Literally, there's no point in time in this chapter or in the Gospels where someone comes to Jesus desiring of him to be healed and whole in their body and Jesus says no. Where Jesus said, ah, the divine sovereign one has not picked you. But rather, he said, he cast out these spirits with the word and he healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah, the prophet of God by the Holy Spirit, spoke of one that would come and he himself would take our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. See, Jesus has paid your debt. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. This is very familiar to a lot of us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. But faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing the Word of God. Amen? Store up the Word of God. You know, if we have wisdom to save money in the natural, save Scripture in your heart. Don't wait until you have a need to begin to study out what God has said concerning that in your life. Continually stay in the Word of God. You know, Laura and I, we have an emergency fund financial emergency fund, money set aside for the in cases, right, in case this happens. What if I in my bright mind said, I know, let's start saving for the emergency after it happens. Well, that wouldn't work, would it? Because I would be always emergency behind. No, store up the Word of God in your heart. Matthew 7 says, the person that hears the Word of God and obeys it acts on it, lives by it, is like a house built on a rock. Storms, waves, floods, they come. It don't matter. The house won't move. It doesn't say those that hear the Word of God, wait for the storm and then build the house in a storm won't be shaken. No, it's the one who have built the house by obeying the Word of God that will not be moved by what takes place in this earth. So I understand a lot of what we're going to see today. You may have heard it before but continue to hear it and build up your spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. In fact, I said 24, but let's start at 22. Jesus, who committed no sin. How many believes that Jesus was sinless? No sin. No deceit was found in His mouth. Who, when He was reviled, He did not revile in return. Jesus like a sheep being led to the slaughter. Didn't, he wasn't taken and murdered. He gave himself up freely. And the, when, when the high priest beat them and the Roman centurions uh, hurt and abused his body, it wasn't because he had no control. He allowed it. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to God who judges righteously. Everything Jesus did. 
You know, in just a few weeks, we'll celebrate Resurrection Sunday. But in thinking about everything that Jesus did from the time that He was taken and arrested to the time that He was raised from the dead, He did it for you. He did it in your place. He did it under your name. Who Himself, verse 24, bore our, someone say it, sins in His own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness or unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. When did Jesus pay for your healing? When He paid for your sin. I like to think of it this way. We're talking about, you know, in a few weeks, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. If you go to read those accounts in the Gospels of Jesus being from the time He has that Last Supper with the disciples, and really it's just the Last Supper in that time frame because He comes on back after He's raised from the dead for 40 days and ministers on the earth. Amen? And then there's going to be another big supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where all of us that believe on Jesus will be taken up and celebrate in heaven. Amen? How many is looking forward to that? I am. Hallelujah. You think buffets here on earth are pretty good. I would imagine a heavenly buffet has to be even better because I'm believing no calorie or weight gain in heaven. Glory to God. I'm going to hit the soft serve ice cream three, four times and I believe I can just keep on eating. My father-in-law loves ice cream. I do too. Butter pecan. That's the best. Here is Jesus from the time of his last supper. You can see it. I like to think of it this way. Jesus was going to finish what He was doing on our behalf with the payment of sin on the cross. But He decided, because He wants to give you abundant life and give me abundant life, He decided He would make pit stops along the way. What do I mean by that? His clothing was gambled over because it was so wealthy. It had no seams in it. And the Roman centurions, they saw it. They took the clothing from him and they didn't just tear it up and, and trash it. It was a kingly robe, a priestly robe. They gambled over who would get it. He was made poor that you might be made rich. What he had was taken from him so that you could have what you need in this life. A crown of thorns was put on his head so that the chastisement of his peace you could have fullness of peace. What attacked his head, you understand as an, as an allegory, attacked his head was so that you could have fullness of peace in your mind. He was separated from the Father before he breathed his last breath so that you could be joined back up with the Father. And he made a pit stop at the whipping post and took 39 lashes with a cat of nine tails. And the psalmist says in Psalms 124, they dug rows into his back like a plow. so that you could be healed. And then he sums it all up with pouring out sinless blood so that the debt could be paid. And that's why the healing anointing of God's here in this place. That's why if you're watching on the live stream, if you're listening in a replay, you can reach out and receive by faith, Lord, I believe I receive healing in my body. Because the debt of sin was paid and the curse of sin brought sickness into this earth. In fact, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1 and I'm going to show you exactly where sin originated from. See, God had an original plan. God had an original plan. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. His plan was paradise. 
And if you have not realized it yet in your study of the Bible and the study of the Word of God, God's whole plan of redemption is to get us back to paradise. In fact, if you read in the last few chapters of Revelation, there's paradise. The new heavens, new earth, new Jerusalem comes down to earth, and there is a tree that those that love and obey God can eat of and have life eternal. God's getting us back to the Garden of Eden. And the original plan was this, Genesis 1 verse 26. He said, so then God said, let us make man, the triune God. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And then he goes on to give us dominion. But the main point jumped to 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You know, if we just start with the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, it'll solve a lot of problems. You won't come up with 92 more genders. Amen. I know we're on social media streaming, but at this point, I think every week that goes by that I'm not canceled, I must be doing something wrong. I'm just trying to get canceled at this point, trying to come up ways we can get canceled on YouTube and Facebook. We'll just stream on our website, praise God. They can shut it down if they want to, but I think we can build something bigger and better. Amen. So God, he said, I'm going to create man in my own image. I'm going to create and bring about mankind in my likeness and put him in a place called paradise. Now, do you think that at any point in time, we say time talking about the Lord, that's almost funny, has any point in time has the Lord suffered pain in His body? You know, not apart from the cross there. In Himself. Sickness and disease, does it live in the presence of God? What about the Garden of Eden? Do you think Adam and Eve had to wake up and take their morning time medication? I'm not making fun of medication. Or take morning time medication, evening time medication, had to supplement things, had to go get uh, green add-ins, make smoothies, have to have walk so much, do this. You know, all these things that man creates and, and puts about, does, was any of that in the Garden of Eden, you think? Again, I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm not coming in. I live in a real world. I understand it. But I serve a real God. And the reality is that in the Garden of Eden, there were no other band-aids, if you will, had to be put on, did it? No, he, was, he birthed life and breathed life into these people, Adam and Eve. And they walked in the fullness of God. They walked in the fullness of health. And that's where God wants us to be. And the reality is... In Christ Jesus, we can obtain that and live in that place with God. Amen? And I want you to see this, that here's God, where God starts us is in paradise. But something takes place. What I call the sin problem. You're in Genesis 1. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and said to the woman, Has God indeed said, Shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? Satan, through the serpent, comes to Eve and says, Did God really say it? And here comes the sin problem. Adam and Eve, they believed the lie. You know, the reality is the truth was always the truth because God said it, regardless of what Adam and Eve believed. 
They believed the deception. They believed the lie and produced the results of that lie, which was sin. They gave over who they were by believing a report that was not from God. Everything that they were made and, and who they were created in God plunged into darkness, plunged into sin, plunged into brokenness. Happiness became sorrow. Life became death. Health became sickness. Paradise, poverty. Peace, depression. Everything that mankind's trying to get free of was produced by the sin that took place there. I want you to see this. This needs to become very clear. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5 verse 12. Romans, cha Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. It says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. We were born into sin because we were born of Adam. That flesh nature was brought down generation after generation after generation. A sin nature was brought down generation after generation after generation. But the point here that we can see is how did death get in the earth? Sin produced it. See it? Look at it again. Therefore, just as through one man sin enters the world, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. What is the end result of sickness and disease? Death. What is the end result of maladies and illnesses and brokenness of body? Is death. You're in Romans 5. Look at Romans 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin, the paycheck for the work of sin is death. The working of sin produces death. The work that Adam did in the garden, Adam and Eve, the work, the action of not believing God, of disobeying, of eating of the knowledge of, tree, of the tree of good and evil, that knowledge of good and evil, when he took on that and Adam and Eve took on that, sin came in, sin produced death. So there was a sin problem. But here's the thing. For the sin problem, there's a Jesus solution. See, you're in Romans 6. Turn right back to Romans 5. Romans 5 verse 17. We saw in verse 12, one man, death came in. One man, he sinned, brought death in. You know, I can't help but think about this as being a father. Adam, the father of humanity, changed the course of his children. Parents, grandparents, it matters what you do. It will direct the course of your children and grandchildren. And we're all human. I understand that. We, we have made mistakes, may make some more. Not planning on it, right? But God will redeem us from those mistakes and pull out those harvests in our family because we want our family to live and prosper in the things of God. Amen? Amen. Now in verse 12, one man he sinned, he brought death. Here's the, here's the Jesus solution. Verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to do one thing. 
to undo what Adam did. My, that was a big mistake, wasn't it? But Jesus could handle it. And the sin problem that Adam produced, Jesus had a solution for it. I will come and pay that debt. I will pay that debt of sin. I'll pay that debt of sin. Look at this, John 10, 10. Turn with me here. We quote it so much, but let's look at it with our eyes and read it out loud. John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, verse 10, Jesus says this. He says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come. How many have received Jesus? I have come. I've come into your heart that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Sin brought death. Jesus brought life. Sin plunged happiness into sorrow. Life into death. Physical health and the sickness, disease, and illness. Jesus brought life and brought the depression back up to happiness. Brought the death back to life. And brought sickness and disease and illness in your body back to health. Lack and poverty back to prosperity. Fears and anxieties back up to the spirit of a sound mind. Because Jesus paid that debt. He came to give life. I love this. Acts 10.38, it says this. How God anointed Jesus from Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. How can the devil oppress? Through sin, through the curse. So that means he healed all oppressions, spirit oppressions, soul oppressions, mind oppressions, body oppressions, Material possessions, oppressions. He healed it all, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. It didn't matter. You come to Jesus, he took care of it. And as Jesus changed, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We sing the song and we believe it, amen? Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not, will not, is not going to change. 1 John 1, 3, 8, he says this, He who sins is of the devil, and the devil has sinned from the beginning. Satan hadn't changed. He's got no new tricks. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of sin produce death. That he might destroy the works of the devil. The wages of sin produce death. Wages. The paycheck for work. The works of the devil destroyed. The works of sin produce death. Jesus came to kill those works. He kills the works, it quits producing death. If it's not producing death, it's producing who He is. Life. And more abundant. In every area of life. And that's why I believe it's God's will for your body to be whole. Because Jesus paid the debt. He paid the debt of sin. He paid the debt of sin. He wants you to be well. He wants, yeah, your neighbor. Yeah, your family. Yeah, who you work with. But He wants you. He came for you. He came for you. He wants you. He desires 
you. The book of Isaiah says that Jesus looked past Calvary. He looked through the suffering of the cross. In fact, I love it. It it guides my life. It's one of the guiding scriptures of my life. It says, he set his face like flint. You know, in Royal Rangers, we have a reenactment division, Frontiersman Camping Fellowship, and it's reenacting whoever you want to react, 1840s back. A lot of them, a lot of the guys do American Revolution. But in that, there's some different contests, shooting black powder rifle. Anyone ever shot a black powder rifle? Shooting black powder rifle. Make sure your powder stays dry. If it's wet powder, it won't go off. And if it ain't going off, no bullet's coming out. You better hope a bear's not running down on you like Daniel Boone or David Crockett because you'll be lunch. There's different things. One of them is flint and steel. You have a piece of steel and you have a flint rock and you strike it against that piece of steel because the flint will shave off hot, on fire, shards of steel and hit dry tinder and light up a flame. Jesus set his face like flint, a hard rock. He would not be moved from his purpose. And his purpose was, I'm going through the cross. It says the joy of doing that will of God pushed him through the pain and agony of the cross. He counted it joy to pay the price. He looked through the pain and suffering because he saw you redeemed. He saw you healed and whole. He saw you prospering. He saw you full of peace and joy. He saw you free from the bondage of sin and wickedness. He saw you. Turn with me to Isaiah 53, since we're talking about that. Isaiah chapter 53. Keep in your mind exactly what that leper said. Lord, if you will, I can be made whole. Jesus said, I am willing. Be made whole. Isaiah 53.3. I want you to see this here. The debt of sin that you and I owe, owed has been paid in full. And every peripheral cost of that debt's paid in full. It wasn't like they were, if you imagine, uh, Schofield, uh, a Bible scholar, he created a, a study Bible, and it's a very popular Bible, and it's about 150 years ago he put this together, the Schofield Reference Bible. And in that, he, he lists these seven redemptive names of God. God has many names he calls himself, but he picks out these same main seven ones. And it's not like, well, God's the God of peace, the God of healing, the God of prosperity, the God who never leaves us or forsakes us, the God who is our shepherd, uh, and he's also the God who saves us. And Jesus came, well, I'm just going to do some saving, but I'm going to leave the rest of these debts owed. No, everything that sin brought unto the earth, he paid the, paid the full debt for it. Isaiah 53, 3. Jesus is despised. He said, Isaiah's prophesying. He's saying, He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows. A man of sorrows. Literally, a man of pain. And acquainted with grief. Sickness. That word grief in the Hebrew, literally sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. Sin makes you hide. What Adam and do? Adam and Eve do? They hid. Where are you, Adam? Like God didn't know. He warned them to fess up. Hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. 
The very people he came and died for, even as they were around watching the Savior of the world die, they didn't realize he was doing it for them. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He, he carried our griefs. He carried our pains. He carried our sicknesses. But when we saw him do it, we thought, well, God must really be mad at him. But he did it for you. He did it for me. Verse 5, but he was wounded, pierced through for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus came and paid that debt. We read it in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, where Matthew, he completes this prophecy, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities, and he bore our sicknesses. This is a part of the gospel. Healing is part of the gospel. And if the last... 364 days didn't prove it. I don't know what else does. The church is the body of Christ that carries the power of God to set men free from the bondage of sin and whatever sin brought into the earth. The Spirit of the living God who inhabits you has the power to loose the captives and anything that sin is brought in. Jesus paid the debt so much that there's nothing left to pay. There is no other thing left to pay. There's no thing that God has to teach you in sickness and disease. Just like lack of poverty. Just like oppressions or, 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 or fear. He's not going to teach you that. He's a good father. He loves you. He cares for you. This woman came to Jesus... And she wasn't Jewish. She was not a child of Abraham. Matthew 13, I believe it is. She comes, and it's so, it's so awesome. She comes to Jesus. She said, Jesus, my daughter, she's vexed of a devil, I, but I believe you can heal her. And he didn't respond. And those disciples, they get antsy because she won't leave. How many like a good, faithful woman, amen? A good, faithful woman that grabs on and is going to get what she wants, amen? Amen. Laura, Laura, she said, she gives me a honeydew list, and I may take more time. Uh-oh, I, I, I have to be honest. I take more time than I need to on those honeydew lists. Any other man ever took more time than you need to on a honeydew list? Oh, no, not Rick. But Laura, she grabs a hold, and, you know, just the moment I think that couch looks good, Laura say, well, you know, you could go do this. Amen. Grab a hold of it and don't let go. That woman said to Jesus, my daughter needs to be healed. She's got this devil and I know you can do it. Amen. And the disciples, they're getting antsy because they don't know what to say and Jesus is quiet. They're thinking, we're following him and he's not saying anything. What are we going to say? And Jesus finally says, woman, I've come to the people of Israel. And he was. He was speaking prophetic, prophetically. But he said this. He said, it's not right to cast out the children's bread to the dogs. She was not a child of Abraham. And Jesus said, I've come. He said this other place. He said, I've come to bring the gospel to Israel first. But then all the other people. How many thankful Jesus did that? Because that included me and you. 
And that woman said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs grab a hold of some of those crumbs. And all I need, Jesus, is a crumb or two. And Jesus said, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Great is your faith. Lord, I know you can. I will. I know you can. I will. I know you can. I will. The debt paid in full, totally, completely. Because the bread of life, healing is the children's bread, the bread of life, the Lord Jesus has come. And He's been laid out on the table. And the God whom we serve is not abusing the bodies of His people with sickness and disease. No, He loves you, 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 He loves you. And He has given bread to His children. How many are children of God? The healing is the children's bread. He is given bread of healing for your body. We see this in the book of Exodus. Before the children of Israel leave Egypt, they have to have Passover. And Paul said Christ was our Passover. And when they sacrificed that precious little lamb without spot and blemish, a symbol of Christ Jesus, and they ate of the flesh of that lamb, it said they went in the strength of that lamb out. All three million of them. God healed a nation in supper time. I believe He can touch you right now. He healed a nation. They went in the strength of in supper time. That's pretty good supper time. That's better than dessert. Left the table in the strength of it. Went out and left captivity. Christ is our Passover. He's the sinless lamb. And of him we receive strength. Now, we're going to finish up here. I want you to see this. Turn with me where we're finished today. Let's look. We go a couple of, Matthew 9. Let's turn to Matthew 9. This is where we're going to finish. Matthew chapter 9. I say finish. It's just not really finished. It's just I'm going to quit talking. Matthew chapter 9. Hey, that's the problem with anything in, in the Bible. You're never finished. You're never finished. You just quit talking at some point. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus got into a boat and he crossed over. And he came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. I can't help but think about this man who's bound in bed, how good of friends he had. Surround yourself with good people that love God. It matters who you surround yourself with. There is a spiritual biblical principle called impartation. And it is a transfer of the things of God from one person to another. It's biblical. It happens by the laying on of hands. Paul said that to Timothy. Stir up that gift that you receive by the laying on of hands. It happens by the hearing of the Word of God. It happens by hearing teaching. It happens by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It also happens by who you hang out with. Who you surround yourself with. Now look, I understand. I, I live in the real world. You say, I don't get to pick my, the people I work with. I know you don't. But you don't have to go out with and eat with them for three hours either if they're bringing you down. Amen? 
understand. You know, if they're tearing you left and right, and, 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 and you know, they've got every dirty joke alphabetized, you don't have to spend extra time with them. I understand we've got to go to family functions and celebrate Christmas. Amen. But if, if that causes riffraff, you don't have to have family. God bless family, but you don't have to have them come and spend three weeks with you for Christmas. We can have Christmas dinner and, and send the presents on home. Let me know if you like them. You understand what I'm saying? It matters who you run with. And this man right here, he had friends. And Jesus saw their faith. Because here's the thing, when you get around and get it, that's why it's so important to have church. I think that's why Satan loved to see it closed. I understand there's a lot. I understand you've got to do whatever natural wisdom. I, I just, but this is how much faith I have in you. I believe you knew to wash your hands with hot soapy water before the CDC told you. How many has got some good mothers? Wash your hands. What are you doing coming here and sitting down to eat without washing your hands? I believe you knew not to cough on each other's face before the CDC told you. I understand. I get it. I get it. Amen. Working on cancellation, you do. I get it. But it matters who you run with. It matters being in a, in a family of God, in the body of Christ. Because iron sharpens iron. And they, Jesus saw their faith. My God, if your faith feels like it's lacking, get around some people of faith and God will see theirs too with you and build one another. Amen? And here he is. Look at this. What does he say to this man? He's in need of his body to be whole. He can't walk. Mm. And what does he say? Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Why does he say that? Because he wanted to heal him. He wanted the debt to be paid so that he could receive the fullness of life. Your sins are forgiven. Now what happens? Verse 3, I'm telling you, it matters who you hang out with. And at once some of the scribes said with themselves, This man blasphemes. Mm. Re dead, religious, wicked, whitewashed tombs full of dead bones. Verse 4, But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say? Now, I'm, look, maybe we can get another week on it. On this, we'll see what happens. Verse 5, for which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise and walk? Amen. What's easier? Arise and walk. But he said, your sins are forgiven. How many believe their sins are forgiven? Amen. What's easier? I'm holding my body. What's easier? Your sins forgiven? Or rise and walk. Jesus started with the hard. Because there ain't no hard with him. Jesus started with the impossible because there's no such thing in the kingdom of God. Jesus started where man couldn't even begin. Your sins are forgiven. What's easier? Your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? Now what does he do? I love Jesus, man. He's a man of man, men. Verse 6, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins... Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. I'm going to heal you because I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you because I want to heal you. 
The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is life, regardless of what any other religious thought may be. The psalmist, he reminds us over and over again in Psalms 103, he says, Praise the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives my iniquities and heals all my diseases. Because Jesus bore our sins so that we might live unto righteousness and by His stripes we are healed. God wants total healing for you. God doesn't want just a little bit of healing for you. It's just like lordship. God doesn't want to live in just a little bit of your life. He wants all of you. And our God's an all-consuming fire. He wants to consume all of you. He doesn't want any part of you to be hid away. You can't hide it from Him anyway. Reinhard Bonnke, great evangelist, who won and saw over 50 million people won in the continent of Africa. He said this, he said, Imagine your house like a mansion, because that's where you're going to eventually live, and heaven is a mansion. Imagine yourself as a mansion with many rooms. God doesn't want to just live in one room. He wants to have a key to every single room and can go into any room He wants at any time. God wants all of you so He can save every bit of you, so He can heal every bit of you. So he can provide for every bit of you. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet with me today. Just keep your heart before the Lord. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for the healing anointing of the Holy Spirit. Just settle your mind. Sure, you've got things to do after you leave here. But right now you're in the presence of the Lord. Won't you do this? It don't matter what anyone else hears beside you. Just begin to thank the Lord. Just begin to praise the Lord. Just begin to say thank you, Lord, and, and love on Him. Just begin to whisper out and worship. and Hey, move it up above a whisper. Just begin to talk to the Lord and thank Him. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence and your spirit that's in this place, Lord God. Lord, we thank you that you are our Father, Lord God. We thank you that you've made us sons and daughters. And we thank you, Lord, that you've sent the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Master, to pay the debt of sin. Lord, we just give you praise. Just go ahead and, go ahead and thank Him. We thank you, Lord God. We bless your holy name, Lord. We've not come to just do a religious practice. That's not even our desire, Lord. We've come to meet with you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we honor your name, Lord God. And we thank you that anyone that calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Holy Spirit, soul, and body. Won't you pray this prayer with me, church? Pray this. Say, Father, I thank you that you are who you say you are. You can do what you say you can do. And you have what you say you have. For me, you have healing, life, fullness of it. You have said, you are my healer, the great physician. And you are doing in me what you can do. Healing my body. Healing my soul. Healing my spirit. Healing my mind. I receive healing. For you're my healer. I lean on you. I trust in you. In the name of Jesus. Body, be whole. From the top of your head. To the tips of your toes. From the inside out. In your mind. Eyes. Ears organs, muscles, limbs. Obey the Word of God and receive life. I believe I receive the healing power and wholeness 
of the life of God. In Jesus' name, if that's you, say amen. God bless you. Amen. Love you. Amen.